Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This here is Danielle Ward. Hello. And that over there is Marek Larwood. Hello, Hello Marek. Hello, mate. Oh, buddy's attacking me already. Straight away. Straight away, right in there. Um, buddy is the dog, the fourth member of the team. Uh, thank you for downloading us, listening to us once again, or for the first time. Uh, this week's going to be a bit different. Uh, because There's we... nothing on at the cinema. It's not that. We had our oh. first ever um, Film Fandango Live last night. Your voice sounds very husky. Yeah, you did. It's because we had a, the first ever film of Echo Live last night. I'm quite tired. Do you do vocal warm exercises? No, should I? I'd, I've never done them. No. I remember sitting behind um, in, a, in a festival and hearing all the other groups performers doing their vocal warm exercises and thinking they they were dicks. <laughs> and then walking straight on and then halfway through the festival, yeah, make it like this. Really important. Mm. Mm. Yeah, warming up your throat. Now, um... No, I don't. But yes, I think my my voice is a little husky. But had a lovely time. A lovely time. Yes, thank you very much to all the people who came from far and wide to the first film Fandango Live, in which we showed our own films we've made, and the sound guy did not do the sound properly. So they were <laughs> no. But if you watch them on Facebook or YouTube. Watch, watch them on the internet yes. and the sound will be better unless you turn your speakers up really really loud so it all distorts but then you're getting the authentic Film Fandango live experience so. yeah yeah so we we showed those and then we had a quiz I'm just impressed we all managed to make a film I'm impressed that you managed to do it within three <laughs> days incredible oh. and it was no really one's good. impressed with me I'm impressed with you, or meant as in both of you, it as two people. First time I've ever made a film. I don't know anything. I've never been in a film. The only telly I've ever done has been like not the week. Do you think you're going to make more films after this? I'd quite like to make another film. I'd like to know what happens next. Mm. <laughs> yes, yours does leave a lot of unanswered questions, it's doesn't it? Intriguing. Mm. So we're going to talk about our films now, and if you think this is self-indulgent. We've done 84 previous podcasts talking about films <laughs> that other people have made, so it's just for the live show. Um, what, do you want, would you like to talk about your film first? Yeah, so I'd never made a film before, unlike you two guys, and don't really know much about angles and reverse shots and lighting and stuff, so I thought I'd do something really easy 
um, which involved me <laughs> walking around with the camera <laughs> and then looking in the mirror and then quick cut into my face covered in blood. Don't, oh, you spoiled it! Spoilers! Oh. You spoiled your own spoiled film! your own film! Um, it reminded me of that uh, Ray Fiennes film we saw. Um, the one set in the future, the James Cameron. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This here is Danielle Ward. Hello. And that over there is Marek Larwood. Hello, Hello Marek. Hello there. Our oh, buddies are attacking me already. Straight away. Straight away, right in there. Um, Buddy is the dog, the fourth member of the team. Uh, thank you for downloading us, listening to us once again, or for the first time. Uh, this week's going to be a bit different. Uh, because There's we... nothing on at the cinema. There's not that. We had our first ever um, Film Fandango Live last night. Your voice sounds very husky. Yeah, you do. It's because we had it, the first ever Film Fandango Live last night. I'm quite tired. Do you do vocal warm-up exercises? No, should I? I'd, I've never done them. No. I remember sitting behind um, in, a, in a festival and hearing all the other groups performers doing their vocal warm-up exercises and thinking they they were dicks. <laughs> and then walking straight on and then... Halfway through the festival, yeah, make it like this. <laughs> really important. Mm. Yeah, warming up your throat. No, um, no, I don't. But yes, I think my my voice is a little husky. But I had a lovely time. A lovely time. Yes, thank you very much to all the people who came from far and wide to the first film Fandango Live, in which we showed our own films we've made, and the sound guy did not do the sound properly so they <laughs> no but if you watch them on Facebook or YouTube watch, watch them on the internet yeah. and the sound will be better unless you turn your speakers up really really loud so it all distorts but then you're getting the authentic Film Fandango live experience so. yeah yeah so we, we showed those and then we had a quiz I'm just impressed we all managed to make a film I'm impressed that you managed to do it within Three days, incredible. Oh. And it was no really one's good. impressed with me. I'm impressed with you. I meant as in both of you, it as two f- people. First time I've ever made a film. I don't know anything. I've never been in a film. The only telly I've ever done has been like not the week. Do you think you're going to make more films after this? I'd quite like to make another film. I'd like to know what happens next. Mm. <laughs> yes, yours does leave a lot of unanswered questions, doesn't it? Intriguing. Mm. So we're going to talk about our films now. And if you think this is self-indulgent, we've done 84 previous podcasts talking about films <laughs> that other people have made. So this is just for the live show. Um, what, do you, would you like to talk about your film first? Yeah, so I'd never made a film before, unlike you two guys. And don't really know much about angles and reverse shots and lighting and stuff so I thought I'd do something really easy um, which involved me <laughs> walking around with the camera <laughs> and then looking in the mirror and then quick cut into my face covered in blood Don't, oh you spoiled it oh. spoilers you spoiled your own spoiled film spoiled your own film um, it reminded me of that uh, Ray Fiennes film we saw um the one set in the future, the James Cameron Strange film. Strange Days. Strange Days. It was like the POV stuff well, from Strange thank Days. You. Maybe I'm the new Kathleen Bigelow. Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow, yeah, you might be. Bruce Bigelow. There's a lot of films that people just walk around with the music in the background, isn't there? Yeah. Like it happens loads, and I thought, well, you know, make my, make my job a little bit easier here. 
Why is it called Mayford? That's the building estate on which it is set. Oh, okay. Yeah, the scare, and it's really scary. Um, And did you like the joke at the end of the (laughs) in the credits? Am I right? In the credits, what it said? Yes. I won't spoil that. No, that's for people to. By, by, on the night when we filmed it, I did comment that it was basically someone you you showing your people where you lived. <laughs> yeah. An easy way of how to get to Danielle's house, but with a scary ending. Yeah. Mm. So it happens if you come into my house. And as your brother pointed out, yeah. um, when the scary unseen POV person goes through the door, because the camera pauses for a while while they're shutting the door behind them, something that never happens in Halloween. It's true. It's true. The POV in Halloween, he never lingers to uh, make sure the door's closed properly behind him. No one ever shuts doors in POVs. No, no. apart from in my film. <laughs> That's, this could be a you know seminal moment. It changes all the films. And that suddenly you've made all those other films that were really unrealistic and stupid. Yeah. Uh, I just... I want. Uh, it's like no one ever unlocks car doors in films either. All cars are always unlocked. It's quite, it was quite tempting because it, it also plays... Know, I never noticed that. It True, also it? plays the trick of quite, quite loud, but not not in the way that... To be honest, not in the way that they do at the cinema where it's really quiet and then really loud. It's just quite quiet and then a bit quite loud. Um, but that's because uh, it was a little joke for all the listeners who knew how much I hated... It was very loud. It's very loud. What a loud film. What other things are the th- things like not opening doors and not uh, and knocking cars up in films? No one ever goes to the toilets. No one ever. No, they, they go to do. it. They don't flush the toilet. No. <laughs> they do go to the toilet, but all the ladies in films that go to toilets, they sat down while they wipe. Is that not what happens? What happens normally? They run around. Run around and rub That's why they go together. The they form a big wiping circle. I stand up. Well, there we go. It's a fascinating insight. It's maybe not women, but Danielle. Um, if you were a stand-up wiper, why not? <laughs> why not email in some photos from you? <laughs> why not make your own film called Stand Up Wiper? Yeah. Um, there must be other tropes in films. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Well, I mentioned one before that blew Marek's mind. This was quite a long time ago about now. About the car... About the car- Cars, never wearing cars and clothes. People never in things set in the seventies. Everyone wears seventies clothes and drives seventies cars. Whereas actually in the seventies, people would still be wearing clothes from the sixties uh, and fifties, and the cars from the fifties would still be around. Um, but they, would, the art departments are too good. I was um, doing a bit on this rubbish pilot the other day. I shouldn't really say that. Shouldn't say it was rubbish. No. But uh, not that the, pilot. The other one you were doing was really good, though, wasn't it? You were doing two pilots. One was rubbish, but there was also another one never really had good. Anything good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was trying to, trying to dig you out of that hole, there, man. Um, and the and the costume lady. Basically, I have a I have a bit of stubble normally, and it was one day's growth. And she goes, "I oh, need to trim that down longer than one just today." I said, "Well, this is the next day in this." In the script, <laughs> so we don't need to. She went, no, 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 we've got to cut that so it looks the same. And I said, this is the next. I said it again, but this time like this. This is the next day in the script, though. So why do I need? So even then, they they make sure your hair's exactly the same. Yeah, Continuities. Yeah. They're so scared. They are scared. Wow. So that was my film, anyway. Marek, your film. I made a film, and called uh, Maths is Evil. Yes. 
I started making this film literally about three months ago, and as I told our listeners, uh, my, Dave McNeil plays the plumber. There's basically two plumbers in a house, and one uh, is telling a throwaway story about his childhood and how he thought mass is evil. Unfortunately, that leads to some quite sinister consequences. Yeah. But I started filming, and talking about the haircut thing, Dave McNeil cut his hair really short the next day. Why? But so short... <laughs> That it was completely... You can see... He should have complained to his agent. Yeah, fired him from the film. And he didn't realise that it was a problem at all. How much had you shot in the first day? All the stuff in the kitchen. <laughs> OK. So every, so suddenly, uh, when the bitch scene changes <laughs> for no reason, he'd have gone out of a door and his hair would have cut been short. Fallen off. There's loads of those uh, changing location things in films where, usually at the beginning of a chase where suddenly a character uh, puts a coat on or takes one off because they've realised that they've shot all of this, the external stuff, and they didn't have a coat on. And then when they leave in the internal thing, they do have one on. So that people ah. just inexplicably taking clothes off or putting them on okay, as they run yeah. around places. I watched The Bourne Legacy the other night and there's a bit where um, the main tracks are sitting in a car and they've clearly had to explain it's one of those just what's it called when you just explain what the plot is um, exposition exposition scene just to explain everything but they've actually had to put it in afterwards because they're slightly more tanned and the lighting's slightly different <laughs> they're a bit fatter so halfway for the yeah they are they're noticeably one of them's different. holding an Oscar the makeup and the ma- lipstick is too red in it it's a really bad oh. continuity thing but if you're watching The Bourne Legacy but halfway through when the two leads sitting in the car there'll be a sort of cut to a different scene and the makeup will be slightly different and everyone will look a bit more tanned and podgy <laughs> and also you'll notice that in Masters Evil as well <laughs> <laughs> did you struggle with maths at school is that what inspired no, you I had a really scary maths teacher at school I just I don't know I just thought of it when I was asleep and I thought that would be quite interesting and I didn't know whether it was going to be it's not supposed to be funny or it's just in between you know it's just a I odd. really liked the gag that the a, the man steals his shoe and so he has to hop, hop. <laughs> yeah that's great but it's really it's actually really hard thinking of all the shots I mean we sit here and criticise all these films doing it is so difficult thinking of all the shots but we are doing it ourselves rather well, than having I mean. a big crew that's the thing that, that's the thing that mine lacks is because I, I wouldn't know where to start with thinking up all the different shots that you need. But all it is, is just drawing a comic book. Mm. It's as simple as that, just drawing all the pictures and ticking off those pictures. That's why comic books are so popular as sources for films now, because well, Sin they've City, already storyboarded City, the yeah. whole thing. Sin City is pretty much a exactly, storyboard. Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, 300 is exactly the same. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, apart from that... What else can I say about my film? I talked about this, the guts. I tried to use tomatoes. They didn't work. How do you make blood for a... Because I know how to make fake dog poo. Right. Or fake poo, Um. which is really good because you make... You get um, your Mars... Well, actually, you don't get Mars Mars bars. Leave white lines in it. (laughs) So peanut butter and cocoa. And you feed that to a dog. And you feed it to a dog (laughs) and that's it. But you actually get a plastic bag, cut the corn round, squeeze it oh, out. Oh, lovely. You're making your own anus. plastic bag anus, yeah. Fake yeah. blood um, is... is well, I, I didn't... I, food colouring, red food colouring, golden syrup and some corn flour if you want to thicken up a bit. 
Yeah, um, or you can use um, uh, glucose is good for it. Um, there's loads of different things you it's can use for blood. It's mainly sugar-based, though. That's it is, that's, but that's usually so that it's edible because it, it might go in uh, in mouths and eyes and so things. So any, any liquidy sugar, um, so, you know, honey, corn syrup. Nutella you can use, actually, if you were diet red. And then, Brown blood. Yeah. Like the queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some red food colouring, and, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I like to do a zombie film but that's quite a lot of makeup and blood isn't it a lot of blood in a zombie film and I, uh, I can't I don't want to give away spoilers to the film so there's no point in talking about it I won't because I won't talk about other things my blood didn't come off it wasn't until the next day that it all came off I had two washes that's the problem with um, red food colouring it does stain it skin your skin a little bit it's if very only, very hard to make a fake blood that doesn't stain if only blood was different I mean that's why so many people um, make por- ma- pornography is more popular because it's easier to wash off. Is that why? Right? Yeah, yeah. In terms of the fluid genres, it's easier. <laughs> Tell us about your film, David. Oh, we, oh right. Okay. Yeah, oh, I finished talking about my film. I really on. liked your film, Merrick. I I I saw it again this morning after. Because I was sort of running around trying to fix the terrible sound when it was on before. It's quite weird when you make it. It's like do, doing an Edinburgh show. I think my film's all, it's just all right. It's just a bit odd. Uh, but you just forget. You lose all sense of perspective after a while. After you're sitting there editing, just putting, yeah. trying to get all the timing right. And well, I, re- I oh, realised about... about your music. Marrick did the music himself for his. I did the music to mine. Marrick John Carpenter, Larwood. And it was just... Doing the uh, all the music is done with one finger on a keyboard in different <laughs> different notes at different tempos and timing it all. To, it sounds as though basically someone's thrown a cat at a keyboard <laughs> or a child's doing it, but actually it took surprising. <laughs> it probably took me at least half a day to do those sounds on it. Well, I have to learn more chords. Yeah. Do you want to do like proper? horror music get a moog yeah garage band's quite good for stuff but all the loops are the, the same aren't they aren't they're recognisable now yeah. aren't they it's used by Adam and Joe yeah um, well should we talk about my film yeah uh, I uh, made a film called Buddy Movie which is about what our dog buddy gets up to whilst we're recording this podcast and it turns out he goes on some kind of crazy magical adventure. Did anybody recognise the music you used at the start for the buddy movie titles? Did you recognise No, what was it from? It was um, the title sequence of Funny Games. The really horrific one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's traumatising. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? I was really pleased because Dave starts with my favourite sort of title. Yeah, the big that, that red big... letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that you just um, the bit you recall when we filmed it the bit you were me talking about being bald you used <laughs> yeah I did use that and yeah. me being bald well actually it, but that wasn't the bit I, wa- I wanted I wanted you looking relaxed and sort of before recording it and the bit I ended up using was the bit of you actually talking to Danielle before you thought we'd started recording this is a bit like that sort of Ridley Scott alien thing where he doesn't tell him about the bursting stump doesn't tell all the actors so yeah. you directed duped us by making us sort of do some fake start yeah I did I did and then you used all the, the bit of the podcast about 
the die hard one yeah yeah why did you use that um uh in all honesty yeah because that was the only episode I still had the raw files of that <laughs> didn't have the theme tune layered over the top. <laughs> but if you if you want to know what it's like where we're recording it now, you can watch Buddy the Movie. Yeah. You can see us, although we're not sitting in the right position we no, normally sit in. We cheated it. We cheated it. But but it's it's good fun. It's stupid as hell. I mean the basically the setup is Buddy eats a um, haunted sausage and releases a demon. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I've thoroughly enjoyed oh, it, thank and I showed you. my girlfriend it, and she may watch it again. But your girlfriend loves Buddy. She's in love with Buddy as well. But I thoroughly Does she love Martin Wessey. That's the name of the puppet, although it never comes was... up. Oh, I thought he was brilliant. The voice he did was brilliant. I thought Buddy did some amazing acting. Is, is he, very well he trained? Actually, isn't he actually it? pulls all the different faces. <laughs> I was convinced. That I, I could tell. <laughs> I thought he was actually. <laughs> <laughs> Quizzical, yeah. surprised, suspicious. Um, That's more than most actors can do. We've taught him to do that. We've got too suspicious, too suspicious, good. And then when he does it, he gets a sausage. Yeah. Um, he did go bonkers Friday night, though, because he had too much sausage. Far too much sausage. So, as you said, uh, uh, you basically used, you fed Buddy sausages to, to get him to... Uh, no, to reward him when he'd done things right. Because uh, otherwise you can't maintain focus. What would you help you personally as an actor in terms of reward you did it right? A yacht. Um, no, I think we'd use the exact same system. Uh, but with, with money? With actors, no, with... Um, yeah. Well, no, because... Ten pounds. <laughs> if every time you did a take, they, they give you a fiver. No, it... That would be a really good way of doing it. So you, what, the director says, like, I've got a grand for this scene... We're all going to perform this scene, and whoever does the I think does the best acting gets a share of it. So no, it needs to up. be more condescending than that. Every if if they get if we all get through it, everyone gets five pounds. Well, um, I went to a film school class on Saturday, and basically what I seem to pick up from it is no one really cares what the actors do. It's all about making sure the lighting's in the right place and the camera angle. Absolutely, right. the actors are mostly ignored in People most productions. People don't really care. It's like, well, if the actor's done an all right take, we'll use but it. But the brilliant directors have always cared. Like, if you read about how Kubrick dealt with actors, yeah, and stuff. read about Kubrick now. I think he just sounds like he was on the ball. <laughs> I think there's he probably two, was. There's two different types of directors and stuff. Uh, we we do acting and stuff like that. There's some people I've worked with. Yeah. There's like the theatre ones who've gone into TV who are all performance based. You don't know anything about the technical side of it, so, or there's some just purely sort of gifted technically uh, cinematographers. Ridley Scott, yeah, who don't know, who don't know. They're quite almost sort of on the scale. Yeah, you know, yeah. They don't know how to act, to deal with actors. I've been on a, a set with something which I thought was awful, and no one was getting any notes. Loads of different performances. Yeah. And the director never went, um, do you want to tell me that? Or maybe he did with that way. Obviously he didn't because it, it was all different. Yeah. But one I thought was really, I worked with one but I won't say his name, but I thought he was really good. I will say, Matt Lipsy. He does, he's done a lot of British television things. He was he was great just talking to people and, and behaving differently around different performers and getting them to say, to you know, do things differently. With quite big sort of famous performers. Hmm. Um, so that's our films obviously this is a bit weird if you haven't watched them so go to the Facebook site go to facebook.com forward slash film fandango and you'll find all three of the movies there 
alternatively, you can go to YouTube and search for either Danielle Ward Mayford, uh, Marek Larwood, Matt Evil, or David Reed Buddy Movie. That was for anybody who didn't understand the concept of searching for a video on YouTube. No, I was just reminding them what the names of the things were, you know, <laughs> being helpful. Um, yes, and if you'd like to get in touch about them, uh, then leave us a message on the Facebook wall or email us. At Twitter. No, <laughs> email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Or you can tweet us. At, at filmfandango. I tell you what, I'd love to read out some letters, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love to, Marek. But are there any? Yes, there are. There are lots. And first of all, we should thank um, our friends from Guatemala. Yes. Who came to the live podcast. Fernando and Jocelyn came to the live podcast all the way from Guatemala. This is genuinely true. Where's their email gone? Well, we've got recordings of a few comments. Um, Here's... uh, what we'll try and play now. Yes. This is uh, Fernando's um, assessment of the uh, film Fandango Night. You can hear it uh, in this bit here. Boop. Buenas noches. Ex- excelente, excelente show. Yeah. <laughs> excelente show. Muy contento de estar acá y, y de ver el, los, um, los films cortos que prepararon para esta noche. Uh, contento también de, de verlos en vivo después de escuchar el podcast en, en uh, Absolute Radio y, y ahora el propio podcast que tienen bueno, es la, pro, es, la, es la página oficial que tienen ahora para el podcast eso eso es lo que tengo que decir felicitaciones all I, all I knew is that he said that um, I was his favorite and he liked my fan the best <laughs> So that was Fernando. Uh, for those who don't speak Spanish, uh, he said, broadly speaking, it's really great to be here in London for the live show and see your short films that each of you made. It's been great so far. We have been listening since the podcast started with Absolute Radio and now on your very own programme. It's an excellent show. So thank you, Fernando and Jocelyn. Um, they... they uh, uh, they claim they were here on um, a visit anyway, but I, I think they were just being coy. They definitely came all the way to the UK just for that one night. Um, I've got an email from Sasha Mobley. Um, Sasha Mobley. Sasha Mobley. Uh, I'm not going to do an accent. It's a really long, really long email. Probably I'll probably cut it as I go. Dear Film Fandango, I hope it's not too late to warn you about the very awful film experience called Man of Steel. Oh. Yeah. Um, Superman Anger. I had the option of seeing it in either 3D, IMAX, or just the regular. All right, and fancy, showing off. They tried to make up for the sensory deprivation of the regular theatre by turning the volume up traumatically loud. Two main achievements of the film. One, they finally did justice to heat ray vision in a way that not even the comics ever did. Oh, well, that's... Interesting. Mm, bravo. Two, the art department get the record for designing endless variations of Kryptonian vehicles and objects resembling genitalia in homage to Flesh Gordon, especially phallic with a pod sending Zod and Co. to the Phantom Zone. Is there a marketing tie-in with a sex shop? An endless parade of humorous middle-aged Hollywood patriarchs grandstanding intoning father figures spewing eugenic and pro-life nonsense alleviated only by ridiculously boring CGI action sequences that I wish I could just be cut entirely and replaced with porn well, I'm not sure I should have started reading this email out. <laughs> no, this is very interesting. I wanted to warn Danielle, especially because I know how sensitive she is to loud noises. I'm 
not sensitive to them. You're very sensitive no, to loud No, I just noises. think it's a it's a cheap device to use if you're making you a horror film. You film. But it was ironic too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Ricky Gervais would have done it. Man of Steel, I don't understand why we've got a dark Superman. They want... Why? They want to uh, rival... Uh, Marvel's ability to do lots of franchises that meet in one big franchise called the Avengers and the only yes buddy the only uh, intellectual property DC have of that kind or their biggest one is the Justice League which is the Avengers for the DC world that has Batman and Superman and others in it and is Spider-Man in it? no he's Marvel um We'll get on to that. Is Bumming well, Man in it? Bumming Man is only from Larwood Comics. Wonder Woman uh, in it, isn't Wonder she? Wonder Woman is the other big main one. Um, but they what they have a real problem is their worlds don't really mesh um, tonally in terms of the movies they've had made. So that's where you get Bumming Man. They've darkened <laughs> Superman to but try you know and make the, the others. Why the worlds don't mesh? Because they're alternate universes, practically. Gotham City oh, not is this again. Metropolis. It's the same place. <laughs> well, they but it's claim the it's different. Version. Well, they're different cities, but that's not the problem. But not the, the problem is one guy's a billionaire who punches criminals, and the other one is an alien god who can um, turn back time and, and also, do all sorts Batman's of things. Batman's allowed to be dark. He's ever so said his parents are dead. Yeah. Superman, his parents are also dead, but he's got. <laughs> Aquaman can be dark because all of his friends are fish. And Bum- he can only solve underwater crime. A uh, bumming man is a billionaire and also an alien. Is he? Yes. Uh, well, if anyone has seen Man of Steel and wants to tell us what it's like, I'm still in two minds about whether I'm going to go and see it. So do email us. Um, have we got more letters? Yes, I've got one right here. Eh, here we go. Eh. Hello, this is Connor from Liverpool. The main reason I wanted to write in... <laughs> was because I wanted to hear one of you guys try Scouse accent. But I thought I would recommend some films as well. More Holland Drive, Cool Hand Luke, Del- Delicatessen. You know what's interesting about all those films? I have started watching all of them and not got through them. I, I really like... Um, Cool Hand Luke's very good and Mulholland Drive Mulholland Drive's very good Delicatessen's very good I haven't seen that since yeah, it first came out that. I was about five years old I think thanks for that uh, and um, yes watch all of those films that uh, Con recommended watch them now we had a competition last night at Film Fandango Live which uh, we gener- generously donated our own DVDs as a prize didn't we yeah uh, I donated yeah. Starship Troopers a flipper version. A flipper version, which probably is worth quite a lot on eBay, I would I'd have I'd never even heard of this flipper yeah, version. Yeah, when DVDs first came out. they Before they were dual there, they were flippers and you had to turn them over like a vinyl. We'll be honest, Matt, we just looked for things that we had two copies of and Starship Troopers was one of them. Uh, we got two copies of The Descent. I think so. You didn't give that away, you gave away... The... The but, ward. But that's why, because we live together, we knew if we gave away one copy of Starship Troopers, we already had another copy, because we've got a copy each. Okay, so two minus one equals one. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? If you have two DVDs and you take away one DVD, there's one DVD left. That's what we're trying to tell you. I don't understand this concept. <laughs> I gave away The Ward, a film that I have never seen. John Carpenter's The Ward. Yeah, I've not heard good things. He's sort of gone off the boil, hasn't he, Carpenter? Mm. 
He didn't win an award for it, did he? No, he didn't. Uh, and you gave away... 24-Hour Party People, which I watched the other week. And we've talked about it, and it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And these DVDs were won by um, Jack, who... Jack Heron? I don't want to know his um, uh, surname. Not Jack Cooper. Uh, it, it, it was... Uh, his name is Jack... And he he was very nice, and he was wearing he a t-shirt. He was really good looking. He was wearing a t-shirt with um, what was it say on it? Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Henderson was his name, um, so and I spoke to. If you're uh, looking for a man, come and meet Jack Henderson. He's I thought he's really stop pimping out our listeners. He's by himself, and he was really good looking. But did you? It's not. He, maybe you just talk about what he was like as a person. Yeah, you know, it's not all. He about. was with his friend Alex as well. Yeah. He wasn't by himself. I know. I'm just. Okay, well, um, I spoke to Jack. He was very I nice. I mean, you're not doing this and just to get look at good-looking people. Clearly not. Is that why you're making this podcast to try and to try meet young meet young men in, in one, tight t-shirts? One. <laughs> oh well, well, fair play. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, well, this is what Jack had to say for himself. Have you seen all the films that we gave you? Um, the only one I haven't seen is The Wards. It is on my to see list. I have but... seen it, and I own, I owned it. I've heard mixed reviews, so, but I'm, I'm like I said, like John Cobb is my second favorite director, so right, I'm pretty excited to see it. A good win then. So a good win. But I do really like Twenty Four Hour Party People. So, what's your favorite John Carpenter film? My favorite John Carpenter film? That's actually a really hard question. Can I do a top three? Yep. Okay. Uh, sort of Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Um, an underappreciated masterpiece, I think, and also the same as They Live. For that, I've not seen They Live. Have they you said, not? No. But They Live is really cool. It's just. It's a really original idea, actually. I can't believe it, it, was, it was 88, so I can't believe no one had ever done that before. It's when he gets the glasses and you can see that... The... Right, well, Robocop. We saw Robocop, didn't we? Not just us, but all 44 people who came along. All 70 people in that room. Yeah. All, all the 8 billion people who came along came to watch Robocop. All the people, so many people. Not that many people. Not that many, but we had some people. And uh, Robocop, I've, I've not seen it in a while. I bloody love it, though. It just confirmed for me what a good film it is. It's strange when you watch these films. I was talk, talking to quite a lot of people um, afterwards, and they said uh, the Ed 209, which is the famous robot in it. Yes. Looking back, at, I didn't remember it being that much... Like, like a stop motion robot yeah yeah it's and they were, Ray Harryhausen stuff yeah isn't a couple it? of the, the guys um, two of the mathematicians I was talking to very nice men said it after, after it was Ray Harryhausen but it's not actually him it's just uh, no it's very much in his style though, yeah um, of that fighting things that aren't there you know the famous skeleton <coughs> excuse me skeleton scene from uh, Jason and the Argonauts is particularly strong now they just get strong. Andy Serkis to put on a leotard it's true it's him, literally Andy Circus, with his whole body of nipples, wherever it is, jumping around. I'd forgotten how much Ed 209 is actually a comic character in this first one. He's not sort of... He's not really the villain. He's he's light relief. He's all, only got comedy routines, really. Yeah. Is, yeah, all I remembered, it was... There's great set pieces, as I remembered. I didn't really remember the rest of the film. Just the big set pieces in this, which always there are great ones. I didn't remember, and a lot of people commented on our Facebook wall as well and on Twitter that they didn't realise how sort of tongue in cheek and funny mm. it is. Because we, obviously, our generation watched it when we we're like 14, 15 as an action film. Yeah. And now it's quite a sort of ca- almost 
camp comedy, yeah. would you well, say? The, but it's 80s, isn't it? It's got an 80s, late 70s, early 80s feel to it, which is, we've lost that in our films. And certainly it, that that could never be more stark than in the remakes we've been making of those films. I mean, Total Recall, I didn't see it, but I've talked to people who did. And from what I've heard, it was humorless, the remake of Total Recall, which, of course, was a Verhoeven film and very much in the exact same style of its sort of tongue-in-cheek, but also quite clever. It's it's satirical. It's about something. But it's not Verhoeven's just nonsense. style as well. I mean, yeah. I think... You know, if you think of if you think of his big action films as just action films, then you're missing. Yeah, you're what quite he's wrong. He's a director. It, it's because he puts in. I mean, it, what he's really good at is the stupid satirical adverts. Yeah, I'd forgotten how I'd forgotten how many of those are in Robocop because you remember Starship Troopers for having them all in there. Do you want to know more? Yeah, uh, but Robocop's got the I'd buy that for a dollar and then loads of news reels and adverts yeah, for and products and things. Sort of thing. There's a great thing that you told me um, about the Twitter. What was that? About the Robocop. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you if you uh, tweet anything with the word Robocop in it, there's an account that uh, replies to you from that mustachioed guy who's in the comedies on the TV. So then he just replies to you, I'd buy that for a dollar. Brilliant. Yeah. Everything you ever put Robocop in. How would you describe the Verhoeven style? How would you, it's, uh, it's a bit... Cr- it's not like Cronenberg-y, but it's a weird, it's sim- there's a similar mm. feel to it. I don't know if it's, it's, a bit, it's all shot in a Pacific um, era... But that sort he, of futuristic, but quite. But he does have the the marriage of man and machine. I mean, obviously, Robocop literally does that, but also with the technology side of things. I mean, I don't know because also Verhoeven made Showgirls, which doesn't do any of this, but it still is a satire of that. I mean, it's, isn't Verhoeven famously um, uh, put more chitch in it? I want to see more chitch in this. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> I mean, you sort of have to view his sex films and his sci-fi separately, I think. In Starship Troopers, he's got like a naked shower scene for no real... No, well, the the interesting thing is, it's it's the same in Robocop as well. And um, it's it's very interesting because he's done it it's not just put more tension in it. it, it, it's It's not gratuitous, it is and it isn't. Because in both films... There's just like co uh, uh, co-ed. It's not educational, but shared showers. But it's completely unsexual for the characters involved. That's what's sort of interesting about. It. He's using it to tell a story. In that, in both Starship Troopers and Robocop, it's just naked people talking about their careers. That's all they're talking about, and they're so desexualized and just sort of um, career-driven. It's quite interesting. Like it's in the ne- future dystopia. Yeah, there is no real gender divide. And Maybe there's no real sexual desire either, other than towards prostitutes in his films. Yeah, um, it's very, it's in a very American dystopia of mm. it, there's only pornography and prostitution, and there's no real, there's no real wholesome sex anymore. Um, Isn't it lovely how innocent Robocop is? He's a he's a very innocent man. I really well, love. He eats up baby baby food. food. Yeah, like that's that's the point of him, isn't it? I mm. mean, there's loads of it in there. Peter Weller, I think, does a fantastic job. You you forget that he is doing the robot, but making so, it such an inhabited character. When we're at school, uh, we're, and we used to, we watched Robocop, and I was talking to uh, people up this, we tried to work out how did Robocop walk, because we yeah. thought it was the neck first, and then moving the body as a separate... Uh, yeah, but it, it's it's sometimes the other way around. Yes, because there's one minute he walks down the corridor, and I thought, oh, it's the neck first, then the body, and he did the body first, then yeah. the neck. Oh, it's just... 
all this time we were doing Nick Then Body <laughs> yeah. at school, we were completely wrong. I, it was a great shame that in Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, Admiral Robocop didn't just, as an in-joke, walk that way in one shot or something. It's a brilliant walk. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing of he, you know, his partner recognises him because he does the gun spinny thing, which is only the, uh, an affectation to please his kid and stuff. Yeah, it's... and his flashbacks are so sort of mawkish they are yeah. purposely uh, comical aren't they yes I, I, I love how Verhoeven uh, makes almost everyone super earnest but then they're made to look ridiculous for being so earnest whereas other filmmakers wouldn't they would just want their characters to all look cool like he particularly uh, in this era he loved his henchmen to be bald guys with massive glasses. <laughs> it's the same in Total Recall yeah. as well. Michael Ironside's um, sidekick is a bald guy with massive glasses. Um, well, um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, and I mentioned it last night as well. The difference between the TV edit of Robocop, which yeah. was the only version that I'd seen until we went to the Prince Charles cinema a couple of years ago to see Robocop at the cinema. I... It's a different film. Like it, it's so different. It's not even Die Hard, badly dubbing the swearing out. Yeah. It is a, an entirely different. That, but, but they do it. that in Robocop as well, as well as cutting scenes entirely. The graphically violent ones, yeah. they redubbed it to have no swearing in as well. I mean, because the, the the toxic waste scene, yeah. Robocop. It's one of the best scenes. It's absolutely amazingly horrific, and I'd never seen it. Yeah. Until I was in my thirties. I know. There is someone tweeted about. Um, uh, I think it's called Robocop edited and redubbed for TV. Look up on YouTube one of the redub things. I think. Or can someone find it? Put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And they show the original um, uh, next to the uh, dubbing, and it's some of the greatest bits of dubbing in this film ever. <laughs> so it's worth just watching. Watch the original film, then watch. Go to YouTube and watch putting Robocop dubbed. And you'll see the, the remarkable differences between uh, <laughs> the Funster and stuff like that they call yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Great. Monkey Funster. <sighs> yeah. I've always Muddy Funster. I'm Maybe sure it's it was. Muddy Funster. I'm sure it was. There's a scene in the toilets where Dick Jones and the other guy are arguing. And they're great villains. They're both so great So good. I mean, the guy playing Dick Jones is the same villain he plays Cohagen in Total Recall. He's a Beverly Hills cop boss, isn't yeah, he, as well? And he, he's one of the best... 80s douches in cinema I think him and actually the guy who is uh, the young up and coming guy at OCP who is in charge of the Robocop programme is also a brilliant 80s douche how come in the 80s they're really good at coming up with corporate brands and we don't get that anymore Oh, as no. in OCP or OCP, the Whaling Yatani Corporation. Yatani and Nexus 6 yeah, yeah, and yeah. that sort of business. And now there just isn't that care and attention put in. It's Ronnie Cox who plays uh, um, yes. Dick Jones. Um, and the other great actor is Miguel Ferrer who plays Bob Morton. He, you recognise his face. He's been in uh, loads of stuff. He's, he's, in, he's, in, um, he's in Hot Shots Part 2. Um, as the guy who uh, uh, Topper Harley uh, teaches to kill again, and that's his emotional arc. He's brilliant. He's really good. No one at the moment seems to be making films that are really fun, sort of Saturday night films that are also clever. 
No. There doesn't seem to be that. They either have to make action films that are so... It's just action, it's just action. Superhero one, just it's relentless superhero films. Or they're a bit... It's the same story over and over again. Or they're a bit, you know, sincere, and they're a bit too... Yes, a guy goes through really tough things, and he has to come through the other side. There's no big... Dumb but clever. There's no Die Hard. There's no no film that feels yeah. like Die Hard. Yeah, but there's, there were loads, weren't there? Like this RoboCop, Total Recall, a Beverly Hills Cop. I loved as yeah. well, and that came out. Yeah, yeah. That was All great. these sort of fun. Those big Saturday night films. Yeah, that's well, exactly what you said, basically. Yeah, exactly what I said. <laughs> but even even I class sort of Gremlins in that genre as well. Of like, it's it's got proper horror in it, but it's also got its tongue in its cheek, and it's very silly and funny at the same time. I mean, if um, I was if I was like eighteen now. I don't. I don't think I'd go to the cinema. I don't think I'd be a film fan. But this, the the eighty similar thing again this year, like Robocop and Gremlins, are much better than the stuff that's coming out now. Yeah, much better. I've got a book where I've put down every single mark of each film I've seen this year. Yeah. So at the end of the year, I can tell you exactly how many films I've seen and what are the best films. There are, that's something to look forward to, isn't there it? There are good films being made, but they're not the big blockbusters. The, the blockbusters are so disappointing these days. That's the thing. I want. I want to. I want to go and see a blockbuster that I can really love and come out of the cinema thinking that was great because it was big and stupid but also clever and witty and you just don't get that Ghost anymore. Protocol was at least fun yes because Brad Bird directed it and he he brought in some of the fun from Pixar still not as much as 80s movies no. had but you know at least there was some of it there yeah no, Ghost Protocol um, was actually probably the last big silly film I've I not loved. seen that it's oh, fun oh it's like the IMAX Burj Khalifa bit <laughs> um, great so how many Davids would you give Robocop 10 I think I give it ten. I think it's one of my tens. And give it. Come on, Mary. I think I give it a nine. What's your favourite Verhoeven? I think Robocop and Showgirls. Showgirls is my favourite. Showgirl. Basically, I'd like the top half of Robocop with the bottom (laughs) half of Showgirls. (laughs) Oh, but where where would she keep her gun? Mm. (laughs) Robocop would have a scene where he proves he's got his period. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he'd rub ice on his uh, ble- breastplate. But when I've seen Showgirls, it's always been really enjoyable. Showgirls is a really, it's really a good preposterous film. film. It's so stupid. I sort of love it. But yeah, I think Robocop's my favourite Verhoeven, and then I'd probably put um, Total Recall and Starship Troopers equally next. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, both of those. Yeah, great. Is- and Showgirls in, re- in now. That would be a, he's a cult hit though, isn't it? Showgirls. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't really be. Did it win Razzies and stuff like that? I don't. I think it might oh, have done. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when you put it up against the other silly exploitation things like strip tease, and I watched Burlesque. I don't know why I watched Burlesque. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Christine Aguilera share Stanley Tucci film, um, which is a bit like Terrible. that. Showgirls is so much better because it's, it's really clever. Hmm. Oh, it's just fun. It's fun, isn't it? What it's... made me want to watch Showgirls was Adam and Joe's show toys spoof of it. Yeah, I've not seen good. that. It was good. So um, that's about it, is it? Is it? Yeah. I've got to saw a really great film, which I haven't seen before. I should have seen. What's that? It's one of the best films I've seen this year. A Serious Man, Coen Brothers. Oh yes. That got absolutely panned didn't it he got, for the best, he got nominated for best picture oh, did it? I think it's just up there it's up there with all really? the really I yeah. didn't see it it was one of those who just sort of passed me by I it's thought really hard. Oh, I've got to go see you that you must and then... get that out I thought it was a great bit of cinematography really interesting trailer 
Like yeah, the rhythmic trailer. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it was all this, it shows all the small things. You're sick of watching these action films, which people talked about, the noisy films. It's all this, it's humour in the odd bits of inflections and looks yeah. and small details. And it looks beautiful. Uh, are any of you excited about Alpha Papa? I always worry about British uh, transfer of TV characters to a movie, but... I was thinking of um, Barbara Popper or something, some old 70s kids thing, but I realised you're talking about... Alan, Alan Partridge. Yes, I am very excited about it. I hope it'll be funny, yeah. I um, I still... I mean, it's still going to be better than anything else that comes out that week, yes. obviously. But yeah, I know what you mean about transferring... It's thing. movie comedy, so I, I think... It, for some reason, it's really, really hard to do. Mm. And it, um, because they're completely different scales. Yes, like the humour from Alan Partridge is different from the humour. But you know what? I mean, the I ju- rats, they, the, uh, they're the best great. people, and it's the same people still doing it, isn't it? Yeah. And Peter Bainham has, you know, he's been nominated for Oscars for his comedy writing yeah. for films now. So, you know, he's got there's experience there. It's not just going to be a a long TV episode. Yeah. No, I, I am looking forward to it. And there's that World War Z. Uh, You're I might still have to go and watch it. To, yeah. I think I, I might go and see that. Um, I, I, Joss Whedon's uh, Much Ado About Nothing is out this week as well, which looks interesting. I hate film Shakespeare. <laughs> but it's got Amy Acker in it. Yeah. She Acker Bilk's daughter. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Oh, she wrap it up. He, he calls her his little clarinet. <laughs> uh, well, we'll be back next week with more films. Um, so, in the meantime, why not uh, think about some stuff and email us at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com and watch our short films. We spent, uh, you know, in total, probably a week on them. So, I think more than that. You think? Yeah. I am really happy to concede that mine isn't the best. I found it a bit rude. Someone posted under one of them, oh, they'll have to do well to beat these, the other two will have to do well to beat this. It's not a competition. It's not a competition, but the body film is the best. Um, <laughs> and is the second best. So, we uh, always just one shot. Yeah. It's not a competition. <laughs> it's all subjective. Well, uh, watch them and tell us what you think. And thank you to all the people who came along to our live night. Yes, and we'll hopefully. It was a great success. Well, more importantly, we had a lovely time, so that means we'll probably do it again sometime. Oh, and tell us what you lo- what you would like to see maybe in a live night would help us yeah, out. Yeah, what, what, what film would you want to see on the big screen? Tell us. Tell us, and hopefully we'll put it on. Um, all right, we will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. Bye now. in Halloween it's true it's true the POV in Halloween he never lingers to uh, make sure the doors close properly behind him no one ever shuts doors in POVs no, no. apart from in my film <laughs> That's this could be a you know seminal moment it changes all the films and that suddenly you've made all those other films that are really unrealistically stupid yeah uh, I just I want uh, it's like no one ever unlocks car doors in films either all cars are always unlocked it's quite, it was quite tempting because it, it also plays. Know, I never noticed that. It True, also it? plays the trick of quite, quite loud, but not not in the way that. To be honest, not in the way that they do at the cinema. Where it's really quiet and then really loud. It's just 
quite quiet and then a bit quite loud. Um, but that's because uh, it was a little joke for all the listeners who knew how much I hated. It was very loud. It's very loud. What a loud film. What other things are the th- things like not opening doors and not uh, and knocking cars happen in films? No one ever goes to the toilets. No one ever. No, they, they go to do. them. They don't flush the toilet. No. <laughs> They do go to the toilet, but all the ladies in films that go to toilets, they sat down while they wipe. Is that not what happens? What happens normally? They run around, run around and rub That's why they go together, the they form a big wiping circle. I stand up. Well, there we go, it's a fascinating insight. <laughs> it's maybe not women, but Danielle. Um, if you were a stand-up wiper, why not? <laughs> why not email in some photos from you? <laughs> Why not make your own film <laughs> called Stand Up Wiper? Yeah. Um, there must be other tropes in films. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Well, I mentioned one before that blew Marek's mind. This was quite a long time ago about now. About the car, about the ca- people cars, never wearing... Cars and clothes. People never, in things set in the 70s, everyone wears 70s clothes and drives 70s cars. Whereas, actually, in the 70s, people would still be wearing clothes from the uh, 60s and 50s, and the cars from the 50s would still be around. Um, but they, would, the art departments are too good. I was um, doing a bit on this rubbish pilot the other day. I shouldn't really say that. shouldn't, shouldn't say it was rubbish. No. But, uh, Not that the, pilot. The other one you were doing was really good, though, wasn't it? You were doing two pilots. One was rubbish, but there was also another one really good. never anything good. Um... <laughs> Trying to, trying to dig you out of that hole, there, man. Um, and the and the costume lady, basically, I have a I have a bit of stubble normally, and it was one day's growth. And she goes, "I oh, need to trim that down longer than one yesterday." And I said, "Well, this is the next day in the in the script, <laughs> so we don't need to." She went, "No, no, no, we've got to cut that so it looks the same." And I said, "This is the next." I said it again, but this time like this. This is the next day in the script, though. So why do I need? So even then, they they make sure your hair's exactly the same. Yeah, Continuities. Yeah. They're so scared. They are scared. Wow. So that was my film, anyway. Marek, your film. I made a film, and called uh, Maths is Evil. Yes. I started making this film literally about three months ago, and as I told our listeners, uh, my, Dave McNeil plays the plumber. There's basically two plumbers in a house. And one uh, is telling a throwaway story about his childhood and how he thought mass is evil. Unfortunately, that leads to some quite sinister consequences. Yeah. But I started filming and talking about the haircut thing. Dave McNeil cut his hair really short the next day. Why? But so short <laughs> that it was completely... You can see... He should have complained to his agent. Yeah, fired him from the film. And he didn't realise that it was a problem at all. How much should you shot in the first day? All the stuff in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. So every so suddenly, uh, when the bitch scene changes for no reason, <laughs> he'd have gone out of a door, and his hair would have cut, been short. Fallen off. There's loads of those uh, changing location things in films where, usually at the beginning of a chase, where suddenly a character uh, puts a coat on or takes one off because they've realised that they've shot all of this, the external stuff, and they didn't have a coat on. And then when they leave in the internal thing, they do have one on. So that people ah. just inexplicably taking clothes off or putting them on okay, as they run yeah, yeah. around places. I watched The Bourne Legacy the other night, and there's a bit where um, the main tractors are sitting in a car, and they've clearly had to explain it's 
one of those just what's it called when you just explain what the plot is um, exposition exposition scene just to explain everything but they've actually had to put it in afterwards because they're slightly more tanned and the lighting's slightly <laughs> different they're a bit fatter so halfway through the yeah they are they're noticeably one of different. them's holding an Oscar the makeup and <laughs> the make- lipstick is too red in it it's a really bad oh. continuity thing but if you're watching The Bourne Legacy but halfway through when the two leads sitting in the car there'll be a sort of cut to a different scene and the makeup will be slightly different and everyone will look a bit more tanned and podgy <laughs> And also, you'll notice that in Maths is Evil as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you struggle with maths at school? Is that what inspired you? No, I had a really scary maths teacher at school. I just, I don't know, I just thought of it when I was asleep and I thought that would be quite interesting. And I didn't know whether it was going to be... It's not supposed to be funny or... It's just in between, you know, it's just a... I odd. really liked the gag that the a, the man steals his shoe and so he has to hop. hop. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. But it's really—it's actually really hard thinking of all the shots. I mean, we sit here and criticise all these films. Doing it is so difficult. Thinking of all the shots, but we are doing it ourselves rather well, than having a I big mean. crew. That's the thing that—that's the thing that mine lacks. Is because I, I wouldn't know where to start with thinking up all the different shots that you need. But all it is is just drawing a comic book. Mm. It's as simple as that. Just drawing all the pictures ticking off those pictures that's why comic books are so popular as sources for films now because well, Sin they've City, already storyboarded City, the yeah. whole thing Sin City is pretty much a exactly. storyboard yeah exactly the same uh, 300 is exactly the same so. yeah um, yeah but uh, apart from that what else can I say about my film I talked about this the guts I tried to use tomatoes they didn't work how do you make blood for a so I know how to make fake dog poo, right? Or fake poo, um, which is really good because you make you get um, your Mars. Well, actually, you don't get Mars, Mars bars. Leave white lines in it. Oh, <laughs> so, so peanut butter and yeah. cocoa, and you feed that to a dog, and you feed it to a dog, <laughs> and that's it. But you actually get a plastic bag, you cut the corner around, squeeze it oh, out. Oh, lovely! You're making your own anus. plastic bag anus. Yeah. Fake yeah. blood um, is, is well. I I didn't. I, food colouring, red food colouring, golden syrup, and some corn flour if you want to thicken up a bit. Yeah, um, or you can use um, uh, glucose. Is good for it. Um, there's loads of different things you it's can use for blood. Mainly sugar based, though. That's it is. That's big, but that's usually so that it's edible because it, it might go in uh, in mouths and eyes and so things. Any any liquidy sugar, um, so you know honey, corn syrup, Nutella. You can use actually if you uh, dye it red. And then brown blood. Yeah, like the queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some red food colouring, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I like to do a zombie film, but that's quite a lot of makeup and blood, isn't it? A lot of blood in a zombie film. And I, uh, I can't. I don't want to give away spoilers to the film, so there's no point in talking about it. I won't. I won't talk about other things. My blood didn't come off. It wasn't till the next day that it all came off. I had two washes. That's the problem with um, red food colouring. It does stain it skin. Your skin a little bit. It's if very, only, very hard to make a fake blood that doesn't stain. If only blood was different. I mean, that's why. So many people um, make por- ma- pornography more popular because it's easier to <laughs> wash off. Is that why? Right? Yeah, yeah. In terms of the fluid genres, it's easier. <laughs> Tell us about your film, David. Oh, we, oh right. Okay. Yeah, oh, I finished talking about my film. I really on. liked your film, Merritt. I I I saw it again this morning after 
because I was sort of running around trying to fix the terrible sound when it was on before. It's quite weird when you make it. It's like doing an Edinburgh show. I think my film's all, it's just all right. It's just a bit odd. Uh, but you just forget, you lose all sense of perspective after a while, after you're sitting there editing, just putting, yeah. trying to get all the timing right. No, I re- I oh, realized you can tell about us about your music. Marrick did the music himself for his. I did the music to mine. Marrick John Carpenter Larwood. And it was just doing... the uh, All the music is done with one finger on a keyboard in different <laughs> different notes at different tempos and timing it all to... It sounds as though basically someone's thrown a cat at a keyboard <laughs> or a child's doing it, but actually it took surprising... <laughs> It probably took me at least half a day to do those sounds on it. But I have to learn moog. more chords. Yeah. If you want to do like proper horror music, get a moog. Yeah, Garage Band's quite good for stuff. But all the loops are the, the same, aren't they? Aren't They're recognisable now, yeah. aren't they? It's used by Adam and Joe. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk about my film? Yeah. Uh, I uh, made a film called buddy movie which is about what our dog buddy gets up to whilst we're recording this podcast and it turns out he goes on some kind of crazy magical adventure did anybody recognize the music you used at the start for the buddy movie titles did you recognize no, it? no was it from it was um the title sequence of funny games the really horrific yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's traumatising. It's <laughs> great, isn't it? I was really pleased because Dave starts with my favourite sort of title. Yeah, the big that, that red big... letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and I noticed that you just um, the bit you recall when we filmed it, the bit you were t- me talking about being bald. You used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did use that. And yeah. Being bald. Well, actually, it. But that wasn't the. Bit I, wa- I wanted. I wanted you looking relaxed and sort of before recording it, and. The bit I ended up using was the bit of you actually talking to Danielle before you thought we'd started. This is a bit like that sort of Ridley Scott alien thing where he doesn't tell him about the bursting stump, doesn't tell all the actors. So yeah. you directed duped us by making us sort of do some fake start. Yeah, I did. I did. And then you used all the, the bit of the podcast about the Die Hard one. Yeah, yeah. Why did you use that? Um, uh, in all honesty. Yeah. Because. That was the only episode I still had the raw files of that <laughs> didn't have the theme tune layered over the top. <laughs> but if you if you want to know what it's like where we're recording it now, you can watch Buddy the Movie. Yeah. You can see us, although we're not sitting in the right positions we no, normally sit in. We cheated it. We cheated it. But but it's it's good fun. It's stupid as hell. I mean the basically the setup is Buddy eats a um, haunted sausage and releases a demon. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I've thoroughly enjoyed oh, it, and I showed you. my girlfriend it, and she may watch it again. But your girlfriend loves Buddy. She's in love with Buddy as well. But I thoroughly love Martin Wesley. That's the name of the puppet, although it never comes was, up. Oh, I thought he was, and the voice he did was brilliant. I thought Buddy did some amazing acting. Is, is he, very well he actually, trained, he actually it? pulls all the different faces. <laughs> I was convinced that I, I could tell. <laughs> I thought he was actually. <laughs> <laughs> Quizzical, yeah. surprised, suspicious. Um, That's more than most actors can do. We've taught him to do that. We've got too suspicious, suspicious quite too suspicious, good. And then when he does it, he gets a sausage. Yeah, um, he did go bonkers Friday night though because he had too much sausage. Far too much sausage. So as you said, the uh, uh, thing you basically used, you fed Buddy sausages to 
to get him to uh, no to before. reward him when he done things right because uh, otherwise you can't maintain focus <laughs> what would you job. help you personally as an actor in terms of reward you did it right a yacht um, no I think we'd use the exact same system uh, but with, with money with actors no with um, yeah. well no cause ten you, pounds you, <laughs> if every time pounds. you did a take they, they give you a fiver no it, that would be really good way of doing it so you what, the director says like I've got a grand for this scene we're all going to perform this scene, and whoever does the right well, thing does the best acting. <laughs> so no, it needs to up. be more condescending than that. Every if if they get if we all get through it, everyone gets five pounds. Well, um, I went to a film school class on Saturday, and basically what I seem to pick up from it is no one really cares what the actors do. It's all about making sure the lighting's in the right place and the camera angle. Absolutely, right. the actors are mostly ignored in People most productions. People don't really care. It's like, well, if the actor's done an all right take, we'll use but it. But the brilliant directors have always cared. Like, if you read about how Kubrick dealt with actors Yeah, and reading about Kubrick now, I think he just sounds like he was on the ball. <laughs> I think there's he probably two, was. <laughs> there's two different types of directors and stuff uh, we, we do acting and stuff like that. There's a big I've worked with. Yeah. There's like the theatre ones who've gone into TV who are all performance based. You don't know anything about the technical side of it. Or there's some just purely sort of gifted technically uh, cinematographers. Ridley Scott. Yeah, who don't know. They don't know. They're quite almost sort of on the scale. You yeah, know? yeah. They don't know how to act, to deal with actors. I've been on a, a set with something which I thought was awful and no one was getting any notes. Loads of different performances. Yeah. And the director never went, um, do you want to tell me that? Or maybe he did with that way. Obviously he didn't because it, it was all different. Yeah. But one I thought was really, I worked with one but I won't say his name, but I thought he was really good. I will say, Matt Lipsey, he does, he's done a lot of British television things. He was he was great just talking to people and, and behaving differently around different performers and getting them to say, to you know, do things differently with quite big sort of famous performers. Mm. Um, so that's our films obviously this is a bit weird if you haven't watched them so go to the Facebook site go to facebook.com forward slash film fandango and you'll find all three of the movies there uh, alternatively you can go to YouTube and search for either Danielle Ward Mayford uh, Marek Larwood Matt Evil, or David Reed buddy movie that was for anybody who didn't understand the concept of searching for a video on YouTube I was just reminding them what the names of the things were you know, <laughs> being helpful um, yes, and if you'd like to get in touch about them, uh, then leave us a message on the Facebook wall or email us. At Twitter. No, <laughs> email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Or you can tweet us. At, at filmfandango. I'll tell you what, I'd love to read out some letters, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love to, Marek. But are there any? Yes, there are. There are lots. And first of all, we should thank... Um, our friends from Guatemala. Yes. Who came to the live podcast. Fernando and Jocelyn came to the live podcast all the way from Guatemala. This is genuinely true. Where's their email gone? Well, we've got recordings of a few comments. Um, here's uh, what we'll try and play now. Yes. This is uh, Fernando's um, assessment of the uh, film Fandango Night. You can hear it uh, in this bit here. Boop. Buenas noches, Ex excelente, excelente show, yeah. <laughs> excelente show, muy contento de estar acá y, y de ver el, los, um, los films cortos que prepararon para esta noche. 
Uh, contento también de, de verlos en vivo después de escuchar el podcast en, en uh, Absolute Radio y, y ahora el propio podcast que tienen... Bueno, es la, pro, es, la, es la página oficial que tienen ahora para el podcast. Eso, eso es lo que tengo que decir. Felicitaciones. All I, all I knew is that he said that um, I was his favorite and he liked, he liked my friend the best. <laughs> so that was Fernando. Uh, for those who don't speak Spanish, uh, he said, broadly speaking, it's really great to be here in London for the live show and see your short films that each of you made. It's been great so far. We have been listening since the podcast started with Absolute Radio. And now on your very own program, it's an excellent show. So thank you, Fernando and Jocelyn. Um, they, they, uh, uh, they claim they were here on um, a visit anyway, but I, I think they were just being coy. They definitely came all the way to the UK just for that one night. Um, I've got an email from Sasha Mobley. Um, Sasha Mobley. Sasha Mobley. Uh, I'm not going to do an accent. It's a really long, really long email. Probably, I'll probably cut it as I go. Dear Film Fandango, I hope it's not too late to warn you about the very awful film experience called Man of Steel. Oh. Yeah. Um, Superman anger. I had the option of seeing it in either 3D, IMAX, or just the regular. All right, and fancy, showing off. They tried to make up for the sensory deprivation of the regular theatre by turning the volume up traumatically loud. Two main achievements of the film. One, they finally did justice to heat ray vision in a way that not even the comics ever did. Oh, well, that's... Interesting. Mm, bravo. Two, the art department get the record for designing endless variations of Kryptonian vehicles and objects resembling genitalia in homage to Flesh Gordon, especially phallic with a pod sending Zod and Co. to the Phantom Zone. Is there a marketing tie-in with a sex shop? An endless parade of humorous middle-aged Hollywood patriarchs grandstanding intoning father figures spewing eugenic and pro-life nonsense alleviated only by ridiculously boring CGI action sequences that I wish I could just be cut entirely and replaced with porn Well, I'm not sure I should have started reading this email out. (laughs) No, this is very interesting. I wanted to warn Danielle, especially because I know how sensitive she is to loud noises. I'm not sensitive to them. You're very sensitive no, to loud noises. No, I just noises. think it's a it's a cheap device to use if you're making yeah, a horror film. Yeah, film. But it was ironic too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Ricky Gervais would have done it. Man of Steel, I don't understand why we've got a dark Superman. They want... Why? They want to uh, rival... Um, Marvel's ability to do lots of franchises that meet in one big franchise called the Avengers and the only yes buddy the only uh, intellectual property DC have of that kind or their biggest one is the Justice League which is the Avengers for the DC world that has Batman and Superman and others in it and is Spider-Man in it no he's Marvel um We'll get on to that. Is Bumming well, Man in it? Bumming Man is only from Larwood Comics. Wonder Woman uh, in it, isn't she? Wonder Woman is the other big main one. Um, but they what they have a real problem is their worlds don't really mesh um, tonally in terms of the movies they've had made. So they, that's where you get Bumming Man. They've darkened <laughs> Superman to but try. But you know and why the, the worlds don't mesh? Because they're alternate universes, practically. 
Gotham City oh, not is this again. Metropolis. It's the same place. It's, well, they but it's claim the it's different. Version. Well, they're different cities, but that's not the problem. Well, not, the problem is one guy's a billionaire who punches criminals, and the other one is an alien god who can um, turn back time and, and also, do all sorts Batman's of things. allowed to be dark. He's ever said his parents are dead. Yeah. Superman, his parents are also dead, but he's got. <laughs> Aquaman can be dark because all of his friends are fish. And Bum- he can only solve underwater crime. A uh, bumming man is a billionaire and also an alien. <laughs> is he? Yes. Uh, well, if anyone has seen Man of Steel and wants to tell us what it's like, I'm still in two minds about whether I'm going to go and see it. So do email us. Um, have we got more letters? Yes, I've got one right here. Eh, here we go. Eh. Hello, this is Connor from Liverpool. The main reason I wanted to write in... <laughs> It was because I wanted to hear one of you guys try Scouse accent. But I thought I would recommend some films as well. More Holland Drive, Cool Hand Luke, Del- Delicatessen. You know what's interesting about all those films? I have started watching all of them and not got through them. I, I really like... Um, Cool Hand Luke's very good and Mulholland Drive Mulholland Drive's very good Delicatessen's very good I haven't seen that since yeah, it first came out that. I was about five years old I think thanks for that uh, and um, yes watch all of those films that uh, Con recommended watch them now we had a competition last night at Film Fandango Live which uh, we gener- generously donated our own DVDs as a prize didn't we yeah uh, I donated yeah. Starship Troopers a flipper version. A flipper version, which probably is worth quite a lot on eBay, I would I'd have I'd never even heard of this flipper yeah, version. Yeah, when DVDs first came out, they before they were dual there, they were flippers and you had to turn them over like a vinyl. We'll be honest, Mark, we just looked for things that we had two copies of and Starship Troopers was one of them. Uh, we got two copies of The Descent. I think so. You didn't give that away, you gave away... The... The but, ward. But that's why, because we lived together, we knew if we gave away one copy of Starship Troopers, we already had another copy, because we've got a copy each. Okay, so two minus one equals one. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? If you have two DVDs and you take away one DVD, there's one DVD left. That's what we're trying to tell you. I don't understand this <laughs> I gave away The Ward, a film that I have never seen. John Carpenter's The Ward. Yeah, I've not heard good things. He's sort of gone off the boil, hasn't he, Carpenter? Mm. He didn't win an award for it, did he? No, he didn't. Uh, and you gave away... 24-Hour Party People, which I watched the other week. And we've talked about it, and it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And these DVDs were won by um, Jack, who... Jack Heron? I don't want to know his um, uh, surname. Not Jack Cooper. Uh, it, established it, it was... A, his name is Jack... And he he was very nice, and he was wearing he a t-shirt. He was really good looking. He was wearing a t-shirt with um, what was it say on it? Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Henderson was his name, um, so and I spoke to. If you're uh, looking for a man, come and meet Jack Henderson. He's he, I thought he's really stop pimping out our listeners. He's by himself, and he was really good looking. But did you? It's not. He, maybe you just talk about what he was like as a person. Yeah, it's not all. He about. was with his friend Alex as well. Yeah. He wasn't by himself. I know. I'm just. Okay, well, um, I spoke to Jack. He was very I nice. I mean, you're not doing this and just to get look at good-looking people. Clearly not. Is that why you're making this podcast to try and to try meet young meet young men in, in one, tight t-shirts? Just one. <laughs> oh well. Well, fair play. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. 
Uh, well, this is what Jack had to say for himself. Have you seen all the films that we gave you? Um, the only one I haven't seen is The Wards. It is on my to-see list. I have but... seen it, and I, own, I owned it, so... I've heard mixed reviews. So, but I'm, I'm, like I said, like John Cobbett is my second favourite director, so right, I'm pretty excited to see it. A good win, then. So a good win. But I do really like 24-hour party people. So what's your favourite John Carpenter film? My favourite John Carpenter film? That's actually a really hard question. Can I do a top three? Yep. Okay, uh, sort of Precinct 13. Yep. Big Trouble in Little China, um, an underappreciated masterpiece, I think, and also the same as They Live for that. I've not like, seen They Live. Have they you said, not? No. But They Live is really cool. It's just, it's a really original idea, actually. I can't believe it, it was, it was 88, so I can't believe no one had ever done that before. It's when he gets the glasses and he can see that. The... Right, well, Robocop. We saw Robocop, didn't we? Not just us, but all 40 four people who came along all 70 people in that room yeah. all, all the 8 billion people who came along came watch Robocop all the people so many people not that many people not that many but we had some people <laughs> and uh, Robocop I've, I've not seen it in a while I bloody love it though it just confirmed for me what a good film it is it's strange when you watch these films I, I was talk, talking to quite a lot of people um Afterwards, and they said uh, the Ed Two and Nine, which is the famous robot in it. Yes. Looking back, at, I didn't remember it being that much like, like a stop motion robot. Yeah, yeah. It's and they were Ray Harryhausen stuff. Yeah, isn't a couple it? of the, the guys, um, two of the mathematicians I was talking to, very nice men, said it after, after it was Ray Harryhausen, but it's not actually him. It's just uh, no, it's very much in his style. Though, yeah. Um, of that fighting things that aren't there, you know, the famous skeleton. Excuse me, skeleton scene from uh, Jason and the Argonauts is particularly strong. Now they just get strong. Andy Serkis to put on a leotard. It's true. It's him, literally Andy Serkis with his whole body of nipples, wherever it is, jumping around. I'd forgotten how much Ed 209 is actually a comic character in this first one. He's not sort of, he's not really the villain. He's he's light relief. He's all, only got comedy routines, really. Yeah, is, yeah, all I remembered it was there's great set pieces as I remembered. I didn't really remember the rest of the film, just the big set pieces in this, which always there are great ones. I didn't remember, and a lot of people commented on our Facebook wall as well and on Twitter that they didn't realise how sort of tongue in cheek and funny mm. it is because we obviously our generation watched it when we we're like fourteen, fifteen as an action film, yeah, and now it's quite a sort of almost. Camp comedy, yeah. would you well, say? But it's eighties, isn't it? It's got an eighties, seventy, latest seventies, early eighties feel to it, which is we've lost that in our films. And certainly, it, that that could never be more stark than in the remakes we've been making of those films. I mean, Total Recall. I didn't see it, but I've talked to people who did, and from what I've heard, it was humorless. The remake of Total Recall, which of course was a Verhoeven film, and very much in the exact same style of its sort of tongue-in-cheek, but also quite clever. It's it's satirical. It's about something. But it's not Verhoeven's just nonsense. Style as well. I mean, yeah. I think you know if you think of if you think of his big action films as just action films, then you're missing. Yeah, you're quite wrong. He's a director. It, it's because he puts in. I mean, what he's really good at is the stupid satirical adverts. Yeah. I'd forgotten how, I'd forgotten how many of those are in Robocop, because you remember Starship Troopers for having them all in there. Do you want to know more? Yeah, uh, but Robocop's got the, I'd buy that for a dollar, and then loads of news reels and adverts yeah, for and products and things. Sort of thing. There's a great thing that you told me um, about the Twitter. What was that? 
about the Robocop. Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you uh, tweet anything with the word Robocop in it, there's an account that uh, replies to you from that mustachioed guy who's in the comedies on the TV. So then he just replies to you, "I'd buy that for a dollar." Brilliant. Yeah. Everything you ever put Robocop in. How would you describe the Verhoeven style? How do you? It's, uh, it's a bit. Cr- it's not like Cronenbergy, but it's a weird. It's sim- there's a similar mm. feel to it. I don't know if it's it a. It's all shot in a Pacific Ip, um, era. But that sort he, of futuristic, but quite. But he does have the the marriage of man and machine. I mean, obviously, Robocop literally does that, but also with the technology side of things. I mean, I don't know because also Verhoeven made Showgirls, which doesn't do any of this, but it still is a satire of that. I mean, it's, isn't Verhoeven famously um, uh, put more chitch in it? I want to see more chitch in this. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> I mean, you sort of have to view his sex films and his sci-fi separately, I think. In Starship Troopers, he's got like a naked shower scene for no real... No, well, the, the interesting thing is, he do, it's, it's the same in Robocop as well. And um, it's its very interesting because he, he's done it... It's not... Just put more attention in it. it, it it's, sort, it's not gratuitous. It is and it isn't. Because in both films... There's just like co uh, uh, co-ed. It's not educational, but shared showers. But it's completely unsexual for the characters involved. That's what's sort of interesting about. It. He's using it to tell a story. In that, in both Starship Troopers and Robocop, it's because naked people talking about their careers. That's all they're talking about, and they're so desexualized and just sort of um, career-driven. It's quite interesting. Like it's in the ne- future dystopia. Yeah. there is no real gender divide. And Maybe there's no real sexual desire either, other than towards prostitutes in his films. Yeah, um, it's very, it's in a very American dystopia of mm. it, there's only pornography and prostitution, and there's no real, there's no real wholesome sex anymore. Um, Isn't it lovely how innocent Robocop is? He's a he's a very innocent man. I really well, love. He eats, he eats up baby baby food. food. Yeah, like that's that's the point of him, isn't it? I mm. mean, there's loads of it in there. Peter Weller, I think, does a fantastic job. You you forget that he is doing the robot, but making so, it such an inhabited character. When we're at school, uh, and we we watch Robocop, and I was talking to uh, people up this, we tried to work out how did Robocop walk? Because we yeah. thought it was the neck first, and then moving the body as a separate... Uh, yeah, but it, it's it's sometimes the other way around. Yes, because there's one minute he walks down the corridor, and I thought, oh, it's neck first, then the body. Then he did the body first, then yeah. the neck. Oh, it's just... All this time we were doing Nick and Body at school, we were completely wrong. I, it was a great shame that in Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, Admiral Robocop didn't just, as an in-joke, walk that way in one shot or something. It's a brilliant walk. Yeah. And the whole thing of he, you know, his partner recognises him because he does the gun spinny thing, which is only the, a, an affectation to please his kid and stuff. Yeah, it's, and his flashbacks are so sort of mawkish. They are yeah. purposely uh, comical, aren't they? Yes, I I, I love how Verhoeven uh, makes almost everyone super earnest, but then they're made to look ridiculous for being so earnest. Whereas other filmmakers wouldn't; they would just want their characters to all look cool. Like he, particularly uh, in this era, he loved his henchmen to be bald guys with massive glasses. <laughs> it's the same in Total Recall yeah. as well. Michael Ironside's um, sidekick is a bald guy with massive glasses. Um, well, um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, and I mentioned it last night as well, 
the difference between the TV edit of Robocop, which yeah. was the only version that I'd seen until we went to the Prince Charles cinema a couple of years ago to see Robocop at the cinema. I... It's a different film. Like, it, it's so different. It's not even Die Hard badly dubbing the swearing out. Yeah. It is a, an entirely different... That, but, but they do swearing. that in Robocop as well. As well as cutting scenes entirely, the graphically violent ones, yeah. they redubbed it to have no swearing in as well. I mean, because the, the, the toxic waste scene yeah. Robocop... It's one of the best scenes. It's absolutely amazingly horrific, and I'd never seen it. Yeah. Until I was in my thirties. I know. There is someone tweeted about. Um, uh, I think it's called Robocop edited and redubbed for TV. Look up on YouTube one of the redub things. I think. Or can someone find it? Put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And they show the original um, uh, next to the uh, dubbing, and it's some of the greatest bits of dubbing in this film ever. <laughs> so it's worth just watching. Watch the original film, then watch. Go to YouTube and watch putting Robocop dubbed. And you'll see the, the remarkable differences between uh, <laughs> the funster and stuff like that they call yeah, people. Yeah, Great. Monkey funster. Yeah. I thought it was muddy funster. I'm Maybe sure it's it was. muddy funster. I'm sure it was. There's a scene in the toilets where Dick Jones and the other guy are arguing. And they're great villains. They're both so great. So good. I mean, the guy playing Dick Jones is the same villain he plays Cohagen in Total Recall. He's a Beverly Hills cop boss, isn't yeah, he, as well? And he, he's one of the best... 80s douches in cinema I think him and actually the guy who is uh, the young up and coming guy at OCP who is in charge of the Robocop programme is also a brilliant 80s douche how come in the 80s they're really good at coming up with corporate brands and we don't get that anymore Oh, as no. in OCP or OCP, the Wayland Yatani Corporation. Yatani and Nexus 6 yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that sort of business. And now there just isn't that care and attention put in. It's Ronnie Cox who plays uh, um, yes. Dick Jones. Um, and the other great actor is Miguel Ferrer who plays Bob Morton. He, you recognise his face. He's been in uh, loads of stuff. He's, he's, in, he's, in, mouth. Um, he's in Hot Shots Part 2. Um, as the guy who uh, uh, Topper Harley uh, teaches to kill again and that's his emotional arc he's brilliant he's really good no one at the moment seems to be making films that are really fun sort of Saturday night films that are also clever there doesn't seem to be that they either have to make action films that are so it's just action it's just action superhero one just relentless superhero films it's the same story over and over again or they're a bit you know, sincere, and they're a bit too. Yes, a guy goes through really tough things. And he has to come through the other side. There's no big, dumb but clever. There's no Die Hard. There's no no film that feels yeah. like Die Hard. Yeah, but there's, there were loads, weren't there? Like this RoboCop, Total Recall, a Beverly Hills Cop. I loved as yeah. well, and that came out. Yeah, yeah. Those All great. these sort of fun. Those big Saturday night films. Yeah, that's well, exactly what you said, basically. Yeah, exactly what I said. <laughs> but even even I class sort of Gremlins in that genre as well. Of like, it's it's got proper horror in it, but it's also got its tongue in its cheek, and it's very silly and funny at the same time. I mean, if um, I was if I was like eighteen now, I don't I don't think I'd go to the cinema. I don't think I'd be a film fan. But this, the the '80s films I think again this year, like, Rob, like Robocop and Gremlins, are much better than the stuff that's coming out now. Yeah, much better. I've got a book where I 
put down every single mark of each film I've seen this year yeah. to the end of the year I can tell you exactly how many films I've seen and what are the best films are, like, that's something to look forward to isn't there it there are good films being made but they're not the big blockbusters the, the blockbusters are so disappointing these days that's the thing I want I want a I want to go and see a blockbuster that I can really love and come out of the cinema thinking that was great because it was big and stupid but also clever and witty and you just don't get that. Ghost Protocol was at least fun. Yes. Because Brad Bird directed it and he he brought in some of the fun from Pixar. Still not as much as 80s movies had but, you know, at least there was some of it there. Yeah, no, Ghost Protocol Um, was actually probably the last big silly film I I've not seen that. It's fun. Oh, it's like the IMAX Burj Khalifa bit. Um, Great. So, how many Davids would you give Robocop? Ten. I think I give it ten. I think it's one of my tens. And give it. Come on, Mary. I think I give it a nine. What's your favourite, Verhoeven? I think Robocop and Showgirls. Showgirls is my favourite. Showgirls. Basically, I'd like the top half of Robocop with the bottom (laughs) half of Showgirls. (laughs) Oh. But where where would she keep her gun? Mm. <laughs> Robocop would have a scene where he proves he's got his period Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'd rub ice on his uh, ble- breastplate but when I've seen Showgirls it's always been really enjoyable Showgirls is a really it's really a good it's a preposterous film. film it's so stupid I sort of love it but yeah I think Robocop's my favourite Verhoeven and then I'd probably put um, Total Recall and Starship Troopers equally next yeah I really enjoyed uh, both of those yeah great is, and Showgirls in, in now that would be a, is a cult hit though isn't it Showgirls yeah it, it, it shouldn't really be, did it win Razzies and stuff like that I don't I think it might oh, have done yeah, yeah. but when you put it up against the other silly exploitation things like strip tease and I watched Burlesque I don't know why I watched Burlesque but <laughs> <laughs> the, the Christine Aguilera share Stanley Tucci film um, which is a bit like Terrible. that. Showgirls is so much better because it's it's really clever. Mm. It's just fun. It's fun, isn't it? What it's... made me want to watch Showgirls was Adam and Joe's show toys spoof of it. Yeah, I've not seen good. that. It was good. So um, that's about it, is it? Is it? Yeah. I've got to saw a really great film, which I haven't seen before. I should have seen. What's that? It's one of the best films I've seen this year. A Serious Man, Coen Brothers. Oh yes. That got. Absolutely panned, didn't it? He got a for the best. He got nominated for best picture. Oh, did it? I think it's just up there. It's up there with all. Really, the other, I yeah. didn't see it. It was one of those who just sort of passed me by. I it's thought, really oh, hard. I've got to go see you that. Must and then... get that out. I thought it was a great bit of cinematography. Really interesting trailer. Like yeah, the rhythmic the trailer. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it was all the. It shows all the small things. You're sick of watching these action films, which people talked about, the noisy films. It's all this. It's humour in the odd bits of inflections and looks yeah. and small details, and it looks beautiful. Uh, are any of you excited about Alpha Papa? I always worry about British uh, transfer of TV characters to a movie, but. I was thinking of um, Barbara Popper or something, something old 70s kids thing, but I realised you're talking about. <laughs> Alan, Alan Partridge. Yes, I am very excited about it. I hope it'll be funny, yeah. I um I still I mean it's still gonna be better than anything else that comes out that week. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, I know what you mean about transferring It's thing. movie comedies, I I think it for some reason it's really, really hard to do. Mm. And it, um Because they're completely different scales. Yes. Like the humour from 
Alan Partridge is different from the few. But you know what? I mean, I ju- they, they, they're the best great. people, and it's the same people still doing it, isn't it? Yeah. And Peter Bainham has, you know, he's been nominated for Oscars for his comedy writing yeah. for films now. So, you know, he's got there's experience there. It's not just going to be a, a long TV episode. Yeah. No, I, I am looking forward to it. And there's that World War Z. Uh, You're I might still have to go and watch it. To, yeah. I think I, I might go and see that. Um, I, I, Joss Whedon's uh, Much Ado About Nothing is out this week as well, which looks interesting. I hate film Shakespeare. <laughs> but it's got Amy Acker in it. Yeah. She Acker Bilk's daughter. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> oh, she'll wrap it up. He, he calls her his little clarinet. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll be back next week with more films. Um, so, in the meantime, why not uh, think about some stuff and email us at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com and watch our short films. We spent, uh, you know, in total, probably a week on them. So, I think more than that. You think? Yeah. I am really happy to concede that mine isn't the best. I found it a bit rude. Someone posted under one of them, oh, they'll have to do well to beat these, the other two will have to do well to beat this. It's not a competition. It's not a competition, but the body film is the best. Marrick's um, <laughs> is the second best. So, we uh, always just one shot. Yeah. It's not a competition. <laughs> it's all subjective. Well, uh, watch them and tell us what you think. And thank you to all the people who came along to our live night. Yes, and we'll hopefully. It was a great success. Well, more importantly, we had a lovely time, so that means we'll probably do it again sometime. Oh, and tell us what you lo- what you would like to see maybe in a live night would help us yeah, out. Yeah, what, what, what film would you want to see on the big screen? Tell us. Tell us, and hopefully we'll put it on. Um, all right, we will be back next week. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. Bye now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.